Life's going to beat you, but you get to choose how you go through it. Gosh, what a great thing to remind people. Greetings, human beings, and welcome back to Apartment 303, a podcast for community fans. My name is Dave, and alongside my co-host, Adam, we are here today for the third entry in hashtag Six Seasons in a Bracket. We're going to be going through the region that encompasses all of the episodes from seasons four through six, and doing so to help us is a very, very special guest. So without further ado... Let us welcome him to the show. All right, we are very fortunate today to be joined by Matt himself from Communities. Most of us know him as the godfather of the community community, but I will digress and give Matt the floor here. Matt, tell us about yourself, how you got started into this, uh, what you do here, and how you got all of us into this as well. I, well, for me personally, I I started watching right after the press reports about Modern Warfare started. The the guy that's the technical, not technical, I should say, clear, the founder, Mike, uh, with two others, set up the community account back in uh, 2013. Mike started with the pilot, but I started right after Modern Warfare just exploded in everybody's conversations about television. And I'm pretty sure I watched the season two opener live. And I think I watched every episode live after that, with the exception of, you know, family events that kept it from happening. But it was always DVR'd and it was always watched repeatedly. Uh, as far as the community account, it was made as a, as a central way for the fans while the show was still on the air to communicate and organize. And... It, it got to about 5,000 followers, a little over 5,000 followers up until the 10th anniversary. And when we hit the 10th anniversary, we started growing again. And we're currently somewhere around 15.5, so 15,500 followers or so. And it's, it's just a blast to, to be a part of this system, to be hunting for fans of the show and they give them a way to connect to the show and all the stuff that they may have missed along the way. We're, we're just thrilled to, you know, to, to play a hand in helping connect people. I, I, I say we're the conduit. We're, we're not anything special ourselves. We don't do that much, but we are the conduit for other people to have an opportunity to, to see artwork, to be attached to the, the, the artwork that is a podcast that y'all do and the 14 others do. And I, I am just a happy participant in that. The range is something I found really impressive because your account covers everything from, you know, interacting with actors and writers themselves all the way down to, hey, two knuckleheads just decided to start <laughs> a new podcast about community, of which we clearly already don't have enough. But hey, bring them in, you know, let, <laughs> let's connect people from every end of this spectrum. And on a personal note... Adam and I are so grateful. That's how we got into this. You know, Adam had the idea for the podcast. He and Scott and I were trying to kind of find our voice, find our footing. And you reached out to us right away and said, hey, you know, we have a community community. 
if this is the stuff that you guys love, uh, these are the people you should be trying to connect with. So we do want to make sure we, we give you an extra special thanks for that. And, you know, not just for us, but for everyone you've brought into the community and, and connecting at both ends uh, for sure. Well, well, thank you. It's, uh, it is a privilege to r- help run a fan account. I've been helping uh, since right before the the 10th anniversary. So I, I, this has been a blast. This is a lot of fun. It is great. I know it sounds weird to say I listen to 15 different podcasts on the same subject every week in which y'all have episodes. And I can tell you, none of you do it the same way. None of you. And, and because you're all coming at it from different perspectives, you're not boring and you're not repetitive. I mean, you, your your show is unique. Y'all are much more thematic. I really enjoy that. Uh, other people are crawling through the episodes. I enjoy that. I argue with them with my radio or my speakers, but I, <laughs> I <laughs> and, and I I argue with everything that happens. And and there's not an interview that takes place with the that Alex does that I don't want to be sitting right there with him. So there's. There's just so much that gets done because of this. And my favorite part about it is we, we say all the time that every fan gets to be their own version of it. So if you love whatever, love it. And the only way that's possible is if you have different ways to consume it, if you have different ways to enjoy it. And that's what the podcasters collectively do. So I'm all for everybody wants to do this. Have at it. I'm I'm on your side. And I want to see your version of it. Oh, I'm just grinning from ear to ear during this whole conversation. It's, uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure to be part of the community community. I think as everyone else who started with a podcast knows, your family and friends get a little tired of hearing you talk about community. So it's it's oh, great yeah. to bring in and outsource new family and friends to to talk about what we love so much. And clearly, you couldn't do this with every show, but the fact is, there's such a great breadth of of work and thought and heart put into community that makes it possible to have 15 unique podcasts a week. Yeah, I don't know of any other show that has three, really. I mean, I, I now, granted, I know very little about other television. The, when this is what you do, this is kind of all you do. And I'm okay with that because this is a this show has everything. I can watch a horror movie. I can watch a Christmas special. I can watch a musical Christmas special. I can it can be stop motion. I, I've got everything I need right here. But I don't know of any show that could carry this much weight as far as fan interaction. There's just nothing like it. I don't remember which sitcom it was, but I saw a post on Twitter and it was like, you know, Parks and Rec has six podcasts devoted just to this show. <laughs> name name one other show that could that that has that sort of fan base, and you get like fifth immediately fifteen community podcasts. Like, all right, hold my beer, hold yes. my special drink, like, lol. <laughs> Come on, man. What is what is yeah six? <laughs> like that. Six was, that is cute. That's cute. It's a oh, cute the number. Six was April of last year. We were already at seven. So. Uh, but we all know, uh, you know, it's not just quantity that matters like you've touched on um the quality of of a lot of the offerings here are great and one of my favorite things like yours is the diversity you know there are a few different versions of the rewatch podcast but even they do it in their own way with different forms of analysis um and different approaches 
So that is just a great community to be a part of. I hope that we continue to be able to interact with this community from both ends and to continue doing that. Matt, we are getting to the real reason we had you here today. We've wanted to have you on to talk about your your godfather role for some time, but (laughs) today we are putting you in a little bit more of a um, compromising position. As you know, we are working our way through hashtag six seasons in a bracket, undertaking the quest to uh, nominate, establish the all-time best to four best episodes um, out of a bracket of 64 that Adam has painstakingly worked out from IMDb. So when we started this project, we reached out to various guests from the community and said, hey, we're doing this. Would you want to talk about a region? And everyone was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I called dibs on season two or whatever. And Matt, the hero that we don't deserve, <laughs> but that we definitely need, texted us back and said, look, I'll do the one that no one else wants to do. And immediately in my brain, I was like, okay, Matt's signing up for the seasons four through six bracket. But I I say that because I feel like overwhelmingly those get the hardest raps and, you know, a lot of the highest heights episodes from the show do come from the first four, from the first three seasons. However, I think that when it comes to the season four through six bracket, there are a lot of episodes that are a lot closer, and it, at least for me going through the bracket, it was a lot more difficult to pick winners than it was in the other regions. So without going too much farther, digressing into that, I would like to go ahead and launch straight into this bracket of seasons four through six of Community. The first matchup, we're starting out with the one seed emotional consequences of broadcast television going up against her story of dance matt you are the guest what are your thoughts on this matchup i think that one is easily chalk it is emotional consequences the finale is maybe the one of the best button episodes for end of a season that ever existed and it happens to exist for this show going against an episode from season four which has many Many people that really like it. I don't think it's in the same mathematical category as far as the beats in it and, and humor, but I, I, I'm definitely chalk on that one. I will agree with that, Matt. I did include, I took a liberty here. I got Herstory of Dance into the big dance here, and I pulled some strings on my own rules about the IMDb rankings <laughs> just to get a little better representation for season four. Season four, yeah, yeah. Right. And Herstory of Dance is a good episode. I like it a lot. As I rewatch it more, I continue to like it even more. But Emotional Consequences is a juggernaut, and it's not especially close. Yeah, this is Duke versus whoever got in at the play-in game level. I mean, it's not... <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's, well, you know, Consequences is Duke of this bracket. Let, let's let's say it that way. Yeah, it's, I mean, Herstory of Dance is a good episode, but, you know, it's not even in my my top tier of season four you know i i have other options i would have chosen just to plug in here because i know that uh, this is a pick to some degree and it's a good episode but it's not i don't know if it's in the top 16 of these 39 episodes that's better than that's top half episodes but yeah no emotional consequences walks this one 
it, it walks. I'm gonna I'm gonna slightly defend Herstory a little more than you guys. Uh, going into this project, that was kind of my assumption. I rewatched it a few times, and it's it it's better than I remember it being. There are definitely elements that I really enjoy. We, we talk a lot on the show about Britta and how sometimes they you know, paint her as kind of this more incompetent version, and occasionally they let her be a powerful, successful version of the woman Britta wants to be, but I just think Britta is fantastic all the way through this episode. The Sophie B. Hawkins dance as a concept and as an execution are moments of the show that will live with me throughout always remembering the show, and that's something you can't say for me about a lot of episodes from these three seasons. I definitely go emotional consequences. It's a clean sweep. But I do think her history of dance is more underrated uh, than you guys do for sure. Well, so. if, you're, if you're making the argument that you finally get to use the term Britta is not a negative, I, I agree. That's a great beat in that episode. But it's not because she did anything. And that's ultimately the reason I don't like it enough, or don't raise it up. If she solved the problem instead of having Pierce bail her out, right. I think it goes better. I think it's easier to say, it is Britta having a great moment, instead of Britta is being handed a great moment and being rescued. And I don't think of her as being helpless. I don't think of her as being helpless, but I think in almost every episode they put her all the way one extreme or the other. And I yeah, think in yeah. this one, they really do a middle ground of having her in that place where her her Britainess isn't what undermines her. She actually does the right things at most points. You know, doesn't fail because of the reasons she normally does, but as you point out, does end up getting bailed out. So emotional consequences moves on. We have made a habit of talking a little bit more about the episodes that don't move on because obviously we sure, are going sure. to be talking about them again in a second. Here, I'll pitch it to you, Adam, for this next matchup, which should be close. It's an eight versus a nine. At eight, we have Introduction to Teaching, and at nine, we have Advanced, Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. Adam, what do you think? It is close-ish. I am guilty of not giving advanced dungeon excuse me advanced advanced dungeons and dragons much of a chance because to me it just felt like hey let's do another D episode i love david cross i really wanted to love the episode i think that dean pelton steals that episode it's a terrific if you just focus on the dean terrific dean episode but for me it's intro to teaching i really like the, I mean, how can you not like the Nicolas Cage bit? Um, I think it's kind of interesting when Jeff is a teacher and they have a scene dedicated to it. He's talking back to Leonard and leering at a student. And they just touch on that for a moment. They could really have done a whole episode about that. Uh, but even still, intro to teaching for me over advanced, advanced D&D. No, <laughs> I, I there's for me. Look, intro to teaching number one. I I was at one point an associate professor of history, <laughs> and so the idea of teaching as something you kind of date, maybe go back out with them again. That line that Jeff uses about you know, right, I'm, yeah, you know, that that just always made me cringe. And the look, it's the it's a funny gag, but Nicholas Cage noises. <laughs> 
in the subtitle, which is exactly what it says. Oh my gosh. It's such is a funny bit, but I it's I just didn't I just didn't enjoy it as much. Uh Dan Harmon does not like professions, from what I can tell. And so every profession uh, or is a bit of a joke and so uh, making fun of teaching in the episode after he's coming back and the and the point of teaching, the point of being a teacher and being a good teacher is to help make Greendale better. But then the teachers don't want to teach and they and what they do is not really teaching. It's not even on subject. I mean, I've always bristled at that. It's, so it may be a personal bias, but uh, I hug my father and that whole bit where the Dean's cutting off strips yeah. of his shirt. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to make this work, I just think it's funnier. I know a lot of people are not happy with the the finale to it, but I, I did like this this really, you know, simple idea that part of how people once you're an adult and you've grown up with people and, and you've got all these past sins, sometimes it's enough just to have a reason to interact, and and even if it's kind of forced. And so that idea that they're going to continue playing on their own. And have to work together. That's an actual positive thing. It doesn't resolve who gets to spend time with the grandkid. It doesn't resolve those things. But the reality is most, you know, most of life is Jim Belushi. It just fits in the place that it's there. <laughs> and that's it's kind of a placeholder. And, you know, you grow over it over time to some degree. So I, I, I my personal choice would be advanced, advanced D&D over intro to teaching. Man, that guy's taking All right, Dave, wh- which one of us are you going to give an A minus? <laughs> <laughs> So I will tell Matt, he hasn't heard the other interviews because they haven't been released yet. I have, despite my best interests, and because Adam and I haven't compared going into, I have found myself more often than not siding against Adam. And like I said, I'm trying to uh, stay true to myself and my opinions and not let uh, those sorts of statistical things sway me. But uh, in this instance, I'm I'm going to side with Adam. I... Uh. I like points you raised about the concept of advanced D&D. The one thing I writ- I had written down that is my favorite part of the episode is the Dean Jeff play, those characters. Uh, I definitely mm-hmm. agree Dean steals the show. One of my favorite Dean episodes. But outside of that part of it, I think that it's inferior to the first advanced Dungeons & Dragons in every way. Uh, of course. I, I think the setup I- is inferior. I think... Hickey's inferior to Pierce. I think that Neil is inferior to David Cross's character. I think that David Cross could have been used for so many great things (laughs) in the show, and that's what they... I feel like they wasted the use of David Cross in the show in that episode. So I do enjoy it, like I said, especially with the Dean stealing the show. I have a real soft spot for intro to teaching. Months ago, this was something I talked to Adam about, when we were discussing season openers, because I wasn't a big fan of Repilot, and I've always kind of felt like season five, episode two, Intro to Teaching, was really the more genuine pilot for season five. And I do really enjoy the Nicolas Cage aspect. Uh, I love Professor Garrity. I love uh, how all that comes to fruition. I love that it's an homage to Who's the Boss?, But I also like that, you know, like I said, unlike the pilot, it it does actually make Jeff start dealing with the teacher logistically, not just emotionally or or in his head. And um, all of this is only triple, triple underscored by the bias that 
two episodes ago, we were very fortunate to have uh, Darsan Solomon on, who played Dave in that episode. And so he was able to share uh, uh, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff with us from that episode, and it was one I loved beforehand. It is now one that I am very, very connected to. So I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Adam here, and we're gonna go intro to teaching on to the next round. Before we go further down the bracket, though, while we're still on the topic, let's talk about the second round matchup of emotional consequences now going up against intro to teaching. Oh, uh, consequences is still going to wallop whatever was in this category so i i'm perfectly fine with that idea that uh consequences beats intro to teaching it would have beaten advanced advanced dungeon dragons too so uh, i think this your result is still the same yep no dissent here it's one of those ones if you're filling out a basketball bracket you don't worry if your team didn't make it because you only had them go in one game there (laughs) yeah Um, that's why i wanted to transition outward instead of downward first because i highly suspected that i also had emotional consequences in my next round so we don't have to live or die uh on my intro to teaching disagreement because we all have we all have emotional consequences as as winning the next round regardless of which matchup that would be. So let's keep moving uh, down the bracket now and get into the famous upset bracket. Uh, Hasn't necessarily played out for community, but normally does in, you know, college basketball. But here we have the five seed app development and condiments going up against the 12 seed cork based networking. Adam, what do you think about this matchup? I have a lot of thoughts about this matchup. And so app development and condiments is Meow Meow Beans. And I just tweeted about it the other day, actually, because I was so excited to realize that Jen Kirkman was in it, and she's fantastic, and I love her. There's so many good cameos in that episode. Oh, yeah. I love the concept. Very good, you know, from from top down. it, It seems great. Like I said, it's got Jen Kirkman in it, uh, Brian Posehn's in it as well. But it kind of doesn't work for me on the whole, to be perfectly honest. I don't like how they pit Jeff and Shirley against each other in kind of this predictable way that also just gets solved in two seconds later on in the episode. I respect it more than I enjoy the episode. So for me, it is cork-based networking. <laughs> I I would definitely pick advanced development condiments over it because it is number one, the first big homage episode sans Troy that works. It is a what year and a half before Black Mirror does it. So they right. they've nailed this thing before. So just from an outside standpoint, I think it it would be a winner in this category. I I still think that. You know, they sure do love some apples. Ends up still being funny for reasons I honestly cannot explain. But I, I got to tell you, court-based networking never was that funny to me. Hickey as a character is an excellent idea. Having somebody who's incredibly grounded to reality. But I think they went too hard. And so you end up with, as Annie, going around and trying to solve this problem. And then we get to run into all these great guest characters, including the first appearance of... Um, who would be Frankie Dart, Pedgett Brewster, but it's not terribly funny. It's it's a it's more of a lesson. 
and it's nice to see them go through it. And of course, you get, do get in court based networking, you do get the notice that um, uh, Troy has probably shipwrecked. But, right. but app development ultimately is better because it is this idea of, you know, nobody votes down somebody on their birthday and it's his birthday for two weeks. Uh, Chang walks with a limp because his foot fell asleep and he. So he's using those little hand crutches things. I don't know what to call them, but he's using those by the end and nothing's actually happened to them. And, and what it reminds me of is everything you see on social media, mm. um, whatever problem has happened that gets you notoriety becomes your core of how you market yourself for those people that do that. And that stuff felt so real watching this idea that some simple thing you've turned into some reason to be a martyr. And now it's become the definition of how you are seen by others. That fits so much into how social media works that I just, I just love the idea and the idea of how they were poking fun of this entire approach. So, for me, it's app development. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go app development here as well. Oh, I should have put mustard on my face. Dang. You should have, and I'm <laughs> glad that you started there. I know we've already brought up the Brita thing, and that's a weird way to start talking about it. But I, I do think that Brita wins this episode to the largest degree, certainly more than they ever let Britta uh, a win an episode. There's so much going on in here. Looking back, I just remember it as the Meow Meow Beans episode, which was fine, but rewatching yeah. it, I mean, not only is there the social commentary, the uh, prescient, you know, just look at how society and social interactions are potentially going to evolve and problems that come out of it we've already talked about all of the great cameos in it um i do like kugler even in that episode mm -hmm. uh david and bixel are great and then you guys mentioned the jeff and shirley dynamic and quarrel which wasn't my favorite part of the episode but i liked how they resolved it differently and I think it was Kevin who mentioned, you know, Shirley and Jeff don't get throughout the course of the series a lot of one-on-one -on -one time, much less one-on-one -on -one stories. And I thought compared to their other main narrative, the foosball episode, that they actually did a different treatment this time. And it showed possibly an evolution in their relationship, if not, you know, at least that they were in a place to end that in a different place. And Corkbait's networking never super hit for me. I love the effort and lengths that Britta goes to to try to spoil things for Abed. Uh, I don't know why. I think that's a terrible person. I think that's not a good <laughs> use of Britta being a good person, but it is a bit that I enjoy and I love and it pays off at the end so well. But the Hickey, the Annie, the red tape thing, you know, I do think up they they had a chance there to set up a relationship and a dynamic with Hickey and Annie going forward that could have been something and instead kind of just was this thing and never else. So Yeah, if they had 22 episodes, this would work better. Right. They, they would have had more room. They, they needed more time to develop Hickey. But like that was just an, another relationship that yeah. never got really, you know, developed or, or addressed again. So yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go app, app dev here. Let's get down to... Let me make sure. I've tried here. I've practiced basic intergluteal numismatics, <laughs> the number four seed, versus the number 13 seed, VCR maintenance. 
I think I kicked it to Adam first last time. I'm starting so to lose track. So Matt, do you yeah, want to go yeah, first here? Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed Brie Larson in the two and one minute parts that she was in on the show. I think this was a fun episode, a chance to have Spencer uh, from Harmontown to come in and play Britta's brother. But there is no comparison for what basic interglutinal pneumonistics means. It is a David Fincher themed episode. They change the color of everything. They have, um, oh, the guy that sang the song Brick. Why am I blanking on his name? Ben Folds. Um, yeah, got Ben Folds uh, singing a just ridiculous level of depth this episode um, where you have the ass crack bandit become, well, there's the word, uh, become this this almost like a killer level and they the way they present it it's the best one they've done like this since lupine i i think it's really good so that as crack bennett episode that's the reason it wins it's too good it's just really well done i will echo everything that you've said brie larson was fantastic if if she could have continued to be on the show that would have been magnificent yes uh vince gilligan creator of Breaking yes. bad is also in VCR maintenance, so that works well. I like that, but it's not even close how they turn a throwaway line from intro to poli sci about the ass crack bandit into a full on episode that it it's what twenty two minutes, twenty four minutes, something like that. Yeah. It feels like a full movie, not in a bad way, <laughs> but just like you said, in the depth. So yeah, hands down, uh ACB for me as well. Yeah, it's it's a clean sweep. It's it's ACB for me as well. Um, although I do want to say about VCR maintenance, you know, the main story could take it or leave it. Pile of bullets, the illegal textbook stuff could take it or leave it. But one thing that will always be with me from that episode is the Dean Pelton Obama rap where he is what is that a payday candy bar yes. and it gets out of control and he doesn't know what's happening the dean has six seasons of awesome entrances and great appearances uh and i don't care for this episode four uh it definitely moves on for me we we could not have talked about that episode without reminding everyone about that scene and in fact you will find it linked on our youtube page as one of uh, our favorite bits from the show so Ass Crack Bandit moves on. Before we head to the bottom half of the bracket here, let's discuss basic intergluteal numismatics going up against app development and condiments in the second round. Adam, what do you think? Well, I think based on the fact that I didn't have app developments getting out of the first round, I take uh, inter basic... Mm, it's, it's a tough one to say. Basic intergluteal numismatics... Uh, for me, again, wins. It's just seeing Troy play a victim is just so funny. Donald Glover does it so well. Anytime he cries is, is magic on the screen, uh, and this is certainly no exception to that. Uh, I also enjoy how Starburns at the end of the episode mimics uh, Dave, uh, you know, for his true fans. And... Uh, <laughs> just cracks me up every single time. I could watch it right now after just mentioning it, and I would laugh just as hard. I don't disagree at all. I mean, I, as much as I love app development, 
for all that it means and how well it's done. As Crack Bandit is just really, really good. What one of their more perfect homages that they do, where they just yeah. embrace the whole thing. I, I I don't have a way of disagreeing with you. I think it's the better of the two episodes by far, and it's the best of these four. All right, so no need for me to weigh in and disagree there. It sounds like Numismatics mo moves on. Starting with the first matchup, the six-seed Modern Espionage going up against the 11-seed Heroic Origins. Adam, what do you think? I am very outspoken about how much I hate the episode Heroic Origins. I hate everything <laughs> about it. Except for the concept. It's such a strong concept, and I love that idea, but I don't think at any point in season four was it more evident, hey, we're trying to do this thing and let the concept lead the episode rather than, you know, let good content inform an episode. So for me, it's modern espionage, no questions asked, wouldn't think twice about it. I really like how well they pulled off the episode when you don't have Chevy. So you have an episode you've written, and you, you then you have a character that you, you solve by just saying, which I wish they did more of in season four, you solve it by just having a good line about it. So where's, che where's Pierce? Pierce is a fixture at Greendale, so he's inevitable if they show up at Greendale. That is a nice way to handle a problem. And they do a really good job with big parts of this, there's some retconning that happens for a magnitude that's, I think, an accident. But I think you're absolutely right. Modern Espionage, espionage is maybe one of the more underrated episodes from season six because they bring back paintball without tearing up the whole campus. And they include a beautiful Winter Soldier homage yes. scene for the dean so the dean gets to be actively a participant in it and they get to make this great argument about how frankie's character is important how reality is important where you know we can we can keep being greendale but we can be greendale where people are okay in it where we're not self-destructing constantly that we can be ourselves ultimately and not be a destructive force in our own existence and that I, that's arguably one of the the great arguments the community makes about people in life is that you can be you and be weird just don't you know destroy yourself on a regular basis in this case every year or two years i mean it's a really nice little touch on top of it being a fun episode with all the different batman names it's just really well right. done i agree with you modern espionage clears heroic or yeah it's it's a clean sweep for me heroic origins just too much chang like you said too much retconning and espionage is too strong of an episode so let's take a look at number three cooperative uh, polygraphy versus number 14 queer studies one of my favorite moments of season six happens in queer studies in advanced waxing it has nothing to do with karate kit it is when they're sitting in the dean's office and Frankie's explaining why she is not public about her life. And it makes mm. this beautiful argument that more people should pay attention to, is that when you're public, it is an, has an effect on your life about whatever thing you're public about. And, that's, and she says, that's why I am not public in any level about this. And then of course they start acting like children and looking at each other like, oh, what does this mean? But it's, a, it's this really beautiful idea that being public has a 
has an effect on what choices you make and it has an effect on how you're seen by other people and it means that there are people that are going to accept and reject you by default and, and that's a weight all by itself and that's all they were trying to say about it but there's no comparison to me cooperative polygraphy is easy one of the funnier episodes of season five it has the heartbreaking ending but even when they did the table read it's the first one they chose i think they chose it for a multitude of reasons but it is a perfect episode where you have table revealed stories where they they're telling truths that they, where they've been lying to each other but it's not so terrible the things that they're saying that it destroys their friendship or should it there's room still for them and so i think it has the it's the more perfectly balanced episode and it's a really good episode yeah i i would like to chime in as well advanced queer studies does some things really well that i enjoy the bit where elroy discovers that they're into terabytes now just as someone who <laughs> enjoys computing that's just so funny yes. and he and he plays it perfectly uh that's great I really like the Karate Kid interpretation of Mr. Miyagi being the main character. I love that, mm -hmm. but ultimately it does fall well short of cooperative polygraphy, and you touched on it already here, Matt. I liked the episode when it aired originally, Yeah, and I love the episode after the table read. It's one that uh, really benefited from Pedro's inability to get through the script without breaking up laughing hysterically. And, and we got to hear the original there. version of it. So, I mean, we got to, it got, it added a depth to it. You don't get from other episodes because of it, because there's, there's different yeah. terms they use. There's different language. You don't get shut up winch, which was gorgeous and perfect in the, the recorded version. You it get was, a different yeah. version and it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it's still, I think it's an excellent episode, period. And it was going to clobber just about anything it ran into. Uh, but it's definitely going to beat Core Studies in Advanced Waxing. We shall see. I agree. It's a clean sweep on uh, Cooperative. Although I will say that it's probably a weekly basis. I get the gay jean cover of Jolene crossing through my head. <laughs> <laughs> and if for no other reason... But yeah, Modern Espionage, the winner that we just chose over Heroic Origins, will face polygraph, uh, Polygraphy in the second round, which we just chose over Queer Studies. So that's the next matchup. Yeah, a Cooperative Polygraphy, for me, beats Modern Espionage. It's, you know, and it's tough to say. We, you, you mentioned being biased earlier, Dave. Uh, this is a bias for me, too, just because... And, and I just watched Cooperative Polygraphy a night or two ago, and I laughed just as hard when Pedro breaks as anybody else uh, or at any other time when I had seen it. So for me, that's just, it's perfect. It's hilarious. It's, again, Chevy left under less than great circumstances. And for the writers and Dan and everyone to give him a send-off like this, it's really heartfelt. Just, it's great. And, you know, they didn't eviscerate him like when Isaac Hayes left South Park and they, they just tore Chef to shreds. They went the exact opposite way. And for that, I love uh, cooperative polygraphy. I have no disagreement with that. It's cooperative polygraphy is, you know, if you're making a list of episodes ultimately for somebody to watch, it's going to be there. Modern Espionage is a lot of fun. 
but it's it's still your third or fourth paintball episode if you're going to show somebody an episode cooperative calligraphy is is top tier and i, I definitely think it would for me it trounces modern espionage all right let's head down to this this last bottom part here of our first round where we've got our seven seed wedding videography going up against number 10 seed basic sandwich adam what say you so for this one is a case of the penultimate episode from season six wedding videography and basic sandwich is the finale of season five i would like to point out that just by cosmic happenstance both of these episodes feature a strong shh bit so that was kind of interesting that that worked out for me basic sandwich is not a good episode i don't like it it has moments of merit and i don't know just as i hear annie in in abed specifically talking like they're using dialogue to speak to each other about the current situation but it's also very clearly referencing the show and i don't know maybe it's just too bittersweet for me to hear them talk about how this show might be ending and all of the drama kind of clouds the episode for me i don't love borchert's even yeah that that whole thing for me was a little far-fetched but i will say uh the return of duncan and every line he says in that episode is pure gold uh not not the kind that can you know run computer circuitry though no so for no. me it's wedding videography i 100 percent agree wedding videography has some crying hard funny moments particularly provided to us by elroy potashny as yes. he describes encouraging white people that oh is just gosh. some of the keith david can do anything and it's nice to see them give him something where he can you know just dominate what's going on like you'll feel like a superhero i mean it's such a good little you feel he actually feels that way and then he's singing about somebody's pants that he's wearing yep. them and that's being successful it is a it's just so funny and basic sandwich it's nice for what they're attempting to do but when when that episode airs there is this weight that's on it where dan's basically daring nbc to cancel them before the sixth season and i think that's exactly what thir 513 is doing i think basic sandwich is dan saying we've been talking about six seasons of the movie you brought us back for five it would be stupid not to go to the six from a marketing standpoint and he basically bared, dared them to do it and they did it and i that's the part about it that there's a bitterness in season five dan can't stop putting into season five yeah. it is less of in six but there's a bitterness in season five and i think that ultimately weighs this down i i do like john back was great having duncan say things that was great having him back and that little bit on the end about all the other shows was a yes. nice little meta touch absolutely but wedding videography is insanely funny about how they can be toxic in environments but they also can be useful and that's that's their reoccurring theme that goes throughout it once they're a group that doesn't really separate that idea that they can both be a problem and also be a solution they just have to trust each other to do it and that and it gave chang a chance to do it that's still i mean i know that's not one of his favorite moments i don't know he's happy about it but that's one of my favorite chang moments it's mm -hmm. so well done. It's this nice idea that you can say that to anybody. Look, life, life's going to beat you, but you get to choose how you go through it. 
gosh, what a great thing to remind people. And it was really nice. I really enjoyed that one. So wedding videography over a basic sandwich for me. So it sounds like that definitely moves into the second round. I will say that I definitely enjoyed basic sandwich. Sounds like much more than either of you. Wedding videography, in my opinion, is the single worst episode of Community. (laughs) Um, I say that with all due seriousness, which I realize is why you're laughing, but I'm not going to discuss that here. In the future, I think we are going to do an entire episode of our show, or at least a segment of our show, dedicated to why wedding videography is the worst episode of the show and the one I can most live without. Um, However, that will be tabled you guys have agreed that it moves on into the second round over Basic Sandwich. So for now, we will move on to our last first round matchup, which is number two, Geothermal Escapism, going up against number 15, Basic Human Anatomy. I will go Geothermal Escapism all day, all the time against most of uh, most other episodes. It's one of my favorite episodes, even though... Even though Troy's leaving, they do they handle it really well. It's I, I always I can't really think about it without cooperative polygraphy. So you combine the two. I watch them together most of the time. This beautiful idea that you're gonna miss your friends so much that the world is caught on fire. And then you have a you find a way to live afterwards. Um, we all have things we lose like that. And I think geothermal escapism is this beautiful laid out story. I can barely remember Basic Human Anatomy. I mean, I really like those two, having Troy and Abed do a Freaky Friday. And I love that Jim Rash wrote it. And I love Jim Rash's role in it. How about Leonard love- being valedictorian? <laughs> Leonard is valedictorian because he takes pass-fail classes. I, I I, mean, I like it. I like that idea fine. Uh, I, I just never wanted Shirley to be competing with Annie like that. I, I wanted more Shirley storylines, but this seemed like a stretch to get there and even though I really love how the Dean comes in at the end and saying, you know, when I had Jeff in my body, <laughs> and he keeps mm. saying that phrase over and over. I mean, it's a funny little bit, but geothermal is, you know, it's a, it's the big blowout episode for the end of Troy on the show. And I, it's, it's just too good. Yeah. Geothermal escapism is, I think probably the all time most sentimental episode for me. And each time I rewatch it, I start crying sooner and longer <laughs> uh, because <laughs> you just care so much about the characters in Troy in particular and how great of a person he's become. The charm of uh, human anatomy was, like you said, that Jim Rash wrote it and the Dean committed to a fake bit knowingly. And the, the rationale for Troy and Abed, that's not a bad idea. I like when they actually do, they reverse the handshake once they've switched bodies. So there's definitely some nice touches along the way, but nowhere close to geothermal escapism, which moves on for me. Yeah, it's a, it's a clean sweep for geothermal, which now pits it in its second round matchup against wedding videography. So what do you guys think geothermal versus videography? I think I'm going to continue on the same trend here with geothermal escapism. And you mentioned in the episode a couple 
you know, in our podcast here, a couple episodes where you liked Britta's role. I actually really like Britta in this role here as well. She saves the day by creating a fake way to clone Abed. And she gets to be the hero and she saves the day and it's not Jeff. And Jeff gets, she plunges him off of a chair earlier in the episode. So I like that aspect as well. You can see Troy grappling the whole way through of, is it okay for me to let go or not? Should I do this or not? I'm the only one who kind of understands Abed. And he's wrestling with that the whole way through and ends up, you know, getting on a ship with LeVar Burton and never coming back. So for me, geothermal escapism. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's, I, I do think it's one of those episodes. This show has probably 20 episodes that are easily somebody's number one. And there's, there's not a lot of people that can disagree with them. And I think geothermal ends up being in that category where wedding videography is funny. It has some nice little moments. Geothermal is, you know, it's on, it's on somebody's list. It's in somebody's top 10, almost top 10. So I, I think geothermal is the winner. And I did forget in defense of wedding videography, Frankie continuing to define codependence is really funny. <laughs> yeah. And that's for me, that episode was the first time I realized how much I like Frankie as a character. She is very, very well utilized in that episode, but certainly not enough to dethrone. Yeah. So we're down to just a few matchups here before we get to the end of this bracket for seasons four through six. Let's hop back up to the top. Got a real barn burner here. Emotional consequences going up against numismatics. What do you guys think? Oh, I'll I'll go. I think I think the weight of it, the finale, still wins. As much as I love that episode, as much as I love the S. Crack Bandit episode, the finale. I remember when I watched it the the month it dropped, and I watched it every day for the rest of the month. I had it memorized at one point. It is. It may not be the greatest episode of all community episodes, but I, I do think it is one of the best of the last three seasons. And I, I think it's even better than a gorgeous, well-constructed David Fincher homage in Ask Crack Bandit. When I think you hit on it right there for me, Matt, an homage versus an original creative episode and emotional consequences wins out for me here too so much is going on and it's so meta in all of the right ways that I it's the episode I've watched more than any other episode of the entire series because I, I always pick up on something new always a different perspective and it's so well done and it's so thoughtful and cynical yes but again in a lot of kind of profound ways especially relating to, you know, Jeff trying to move on and assess his role within Greendale once everyone leaves. All right. So facing off, we've got one final matchup before we get to the <clears throat> fearsome winner foursome. who will face emotional consequences here for this bracket, and that is cooperative uh, polygraphy going up against geothermal escapism. Another tough one. Yeah, there may not be a more challenging one to pick for me. I go with cooperative polygraphy just because we still, boy, it's it, it's real hard. This one's honestly a coin flip for me. They're both just incredible 
heartfelt, wonderful, well-written episodes. Genuinely, either one of these is one of the all-time greats. So I'll say cooperative polygraphy just going with my gut. Uh, I I couldn't you know defend that tooth and nail and whichever way you side on this one I, I agree with you. I think ultimately and and I I love them both but I watch them as a single episode most of the time I don't exactly. think about them separately and I think the the beats and cooperative calligraphy are more consistent but is if you're talking about an episode that just just absolutely hurts. Uh, where you feel it deeper, it's geothermal. So I would I would go opposite. I would I would take geothermal versus cooperative polygraphy, even though I think polygraphy is probably slightly better written, better the, the the language and the communication they have. But geothermal just hits the emotional beat a little better, and I'll I'll take that over uh, polygraphy. I'm always inclined to go for the underdog, but you know my feelings on this matchup were a lot closer to Adams. Could have gone either way, so I, I think we can both side with you here and go chalk. Yeah, we'll, we'll swing the vote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the like we're not going to have harder questions going forward. But yeah, right. Oh, I'll so take it. here we are. It's all come down to this. Uh, I will tell you that in the other brackets we've recorded so far, we have not had a one versus two matchup yet. But here we find ourselves. So, last matchup of the show, guys. Emotional consequences going up against geothermal escapism. Who wins? Which episode is the best out of this entire bracket? If it's me, it's emotional consequences. It is still one of the most, you know, geothermal is a beautiful episode and great episode. And And it's not as much as homage as some of the other ones are. But emotional consequences allows us to see, much like remedial chaos theory, allows us to see alternatives in a different way and then have Jeff struggle with alternatives that actually make sense and work. And he can't make any of them work where he gets to keep his friends. And that has always been this this basic idea of growing older and the and the consequences of growing older. I, I love what that episode ultimately says about being able to be okay afterwards when change is inevitable. So as much as I love geothermal, uh, emotional consequences of broadcast television is still one of the perennial great episodes. And I I love it. A hundred percent agreed on everything that you've said there, Matt. And, you know, thinking about it within the context of community is a terrific episode. The way that it forces you to be a little unsettled with Jeff as the main character midway through that episode that's you know a very realistic thing that happens in real life and everything works Shirley comes back and gives one of my all-time favorite lines when she's describing uh her her punchline that's or what is it it's it's her setup the punchline oh my gosh (laughs) that is just incredible and then to consider it within the series finales of any sitcom ever I think this goes toe-to-toe with anything that you can think of. I think it is that good, that clever, and that indicative of, hey, this is what makes this show great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's new heart and Cheers-level finales. Uh, it's, I think MASH finales is really long, but, I mean, new heart was a, it was a great hook ending. Cheers was a touching ending. I, I think 
Emotional Consequences does everything. And I really ultimately enjoyed it. it people love, like, as a reminder uh, for the younger generation, Bob Newhart's show ends where the rest of the town gets bought, basically turned into a golf course, and then he gets hit in the head with a golf club, and he wakes up, and he's beside his wife, Suzanne Plachette, of the Bob Newhart show from the 70s. And that's the, that's the switcheroo that happens. Uh, the rest of the episode is not as good as that last moment. And Cheers, the last line is basically we're closed, and the audience member, there's a, there's a stand-in audience member, basically, uh, the, the person walking down like they're coming to the bar where he tells them they're closed and they walk away. That's the end of Cheers. Those are two great finales. I, I will still watch Emotional Consequences 10 times before I watch those two. And, I, and those are two are pinnacle episodes as far as finales go. So I, I think you're, I think there's no real argument here. I think Emotional Consequences is just too good. But thank you so much for your time and for contributing not just to this show, but everything you do for the community, community at large, Matt. Um, you are always welcome here. You are always a friend of the show, and we hope to see you very soon. Thanks, man. Glad to be here. Thanks, Matt. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. All right. Well, there you go. That does it for the Seasons 4 through 6 Regional Bracket. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Matt, thank you for coming on to help us sort through this bracket. I know it wasn't necessarily the easiest or the most popular but uh, i really enjoyed getting a chance to go through it with you so hopefully other people did as well and hopefully people will continue to follow the work you guys are doing on twitter at communities as well as all of your other endeavors that you may be currently or involved in sometime in the near future as always, Apartment 303 can be found wherever you get your podcasts. For Adam and Matt, this is Dave signing off. We will see you in a week in the next episode of Apartment 303.